everybody, welcome back to Sacred City Vision Drip, a podcast designed to establish and refine the gospel culture here at Sacred Seed Church in Moline, Illinois. What a glorious place. Um, I am squaring up here for maybe a couple episodes that fit right in the scope of the intent of this podcast, which is to refine gospel culture here at Sacred City Church. And what I want to talk about, I guess, would would fit under the umbrella of probably a, a phrase you've never heard before. Um, and maybe I invented it. I don't know. I've never done any, any extensive research on this, so I, I could be just uh, crafting a new thing here. Uh, but I, I would I would call it uh, a church etiquette, which maybe is an intriguing phrase. Church etiquette, and, and I'm I'm talking about etiquette is um, is the the uh, adoption of certain attitudes, behaviors, and presentation. Of oneself, and I'm thinking specifically of of how we do those things: attitudes, behaviors, and presentation uh, on Sunday mornings. Thinking about what our Sunday mornings are like, and how we occupy the space and participate in things of of that nature. And um, I'm going to say from the outset here that some of this might get you like I feel like a poke in the ribs and I'm not I'm not coming after anybody specifically if I if I were to do that I would I would confront you face to face and in private but I think it's something that um, a few things that I've been thinking about um, one is personally but also just thinking as the leader of a church and you know as a father um, things that I I am thinking about as we come to gather on Sunday mornings and I think I need to start off by by saying, Something along the lines of this: What we do on Sunday mornings is special. Um, the special things happen here on Sunday morning, and it may not always feel that way um, week to week. Like you know, you look back: Was this this one Sunday super profound? Did did the the earth tremble and the heavens open, and you know everybody get this sort of beatific vision of God? And I don't know. It, it maybe maybe some people experience that every week, but I I know that there's some weeks when I get done preaching, get done with. Uh, a full day of ministry that I look back, I'm like, you know what? I am not entirely sure if what I did really moved the needle forward at all. And and there is some, uh, you know, what we do is is a, a kind of a ritual. I mean that not in like a, a sterile sort of robotic sense, but it's a ritual in the sense that every six, seventh day, and so we have six days of work, seventh day of rest, we have this thing that's carved out that the Lord has commanded us. And and following the creative account, um, God working for six days, taking the seventh day as a Sabbath to rest, to enjoy his creation. And then we see that carry on into the Torah and the the Ten Commandments, the fourth commandment being that you are to to, uh, keep the Sabbath, honor the Sabbath and keep it holy. And so we have this command by God, from God, uh, that we ought to have this certain pattern to our week of six days of work, seventh day of rest. And uh, because it's a ritual in this sense of like, you know, it's, it's on a cycle, um, there's uh, oftentimes we just sort of rope it into the ordinary. And, and certainly uh, ordinary as, as in the sense of like what we're doing is word and sacrament um, on Sundays. And, and, and really when you look at it, the, that's not ordinary. Um, the word of God um, being a power of God, uh, how God 
speaks to his people. I mean, like we're, we're talking, this is really, when you see the scriptures, what we do on Sunday for what it is, it, it really is a profound thing that's happening. So it's not just ordinary, but, but we can't get into this cadence of being, okay, this is what we do on Sunday mornings. And, and so we, we get used to that and we, we kind of neglect or, or overlook the sacredness, the specialness of, of Sunday mornings. So this is a, a, a temptation that I face from time to time thinking that, you know, I, it was, you know, it was just another Sunday. But in reality, um, we have the opportunity to draw near to God as he's drawn near to us. Um, we, we have the opportunity to lift our voices in song and praise the creator, the sustainer and redeemer of all things. Um, we have the opportunity to do that in the midst of a brotherhood. And so connected not only to God, but to one another um, in a time where it's easy to be individualistic. It's easy to be sort of compartmentalized from other places and be detached uh, in the world. And, and we're actively fighting against that because the scriptures command us to. And so there's, there is this really uh, specialness. And of course you, you get the, the practice of the liturgy. What are you doing? You're developing a language to talk to God. The, the, um, the call to worship helps us fix our eyes on God, take our things off things that are temporal and fixed on eternity. Uh, the, the confession of sin, as we see God for who he is, uh, it helps us to understand who we are, that we're not like God. God is holy. He's set apart. He is perfect in all his ways. And we're not. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God week in and week out. And so there's need for us to come to confess, much like we see Isaiah in the beginning of, of his book. Um, he sees the glory of God. He says, woe is me. I'm a, I'm a man of unclean lips. So you see this simultaneous awareness of God's holiness and his own sinfulness. And then because we have the gospel, um, we don't need to hide our sinfulness. We don't need to pretend like it doesn't exist, but rather we're invited to confess our sins together. And then as we confess, we uh, are, are reminded of, of God's provision for us in Christ the absolution, which reminds us that those who have confessed faith in Christ, um, profess faith in Christ, those who believe in Christ, they are forgiven, they are made right with God, reconciled to God, their creator and redeemer, and uh, credited with Christ's righteousness, um, passive and active righteousness. And so we operate from that place, you know, and, and that itself, that that's a, you do that week in and week out, and that is a profound shift that you will have because it, it tells you that my identity, my status, my standing before God does not rise and fall based on my performance because if it were the case, then I would, I would be in sorry shape, uh, but it rests in God's faithfulness and his loving kindness, his patient mercy towards us, and ultimately the, the work that he has done on our behalf through Christ. And then, of course, we have a profession of faith. So as we profess our faith, you know, you go through the whole call to worship, confession, absolution. We, we are reoriented around the truth. Um, you, you could say that our sin, the thing that landed us in sin, in fact, go back to Genesis chapter 3, the thing that, that led us into sin was believing a lie. And so what we do is we reestablish ourselves in the truth. You know, and this, this is the work of God of bringing us back to the scriptures. A lot of times our confessions are, are either um, historical confessions or we're, we're pulling straight from scripture um, passages that, that we can hold on to, build our life on. And so we, we profess our faith together, and of course you're sent out. And so even the practice of liturgy has this conditioning element. It, it's training us, it's shaping us, it's forming us into a certain kind of people. So that that itself uh, is profound. There There is, it's like... It's like going into God's, um, his little workroom where he's, he's got us up on the table and he's tinkering with our hearts. Not, not in like a, uh, a bad way, not like in a way that, uh, two star-crossed lovers would tinker with their hearts and play games in that way. But God is working on us. We are his workmanship. Uh, and so God's going to work. He's, he's sanctifying us. He's making us more beautiful in Christ. And so that just the practice of the liturgy, but of course it's more than that because then you, we have the opportunity together, um, to sit under the reading and the preaching of God's word. And what we're told is that as, as, 
as the word of God is preached, uh, God moves. He does ministry through the spirit, through imperfect men like myself, um, bringing the word of God to the people of God so that they would be transformed from one degree of Christ likeness to the next. And then, um, and that that's something that a lot of times I, I, I don't think, and I can get in this spot too, you know, I'm, I'm here's my confessional, um, but where you just un, sort of underestimate what God can do over a long period of time through the ordinary means of grace of, of coming and worshiping together, sitting under preaching and, and, and reading of God's word and how God can change lives in pretty significant ways. In fact, I was, I was reminded of this the other day. Uh, a couple weeks back, we were at our, our men's event, the Future Men Fridays, and I was talking with uh, a guy, um, I won't name names here, uh, but I was talking to him about, you know, um, work, his work, family life, balance, relationship, and um, church, and how all this stuff sort of works together, and, and he was sharing with me how he, he used to, before coming to Sacred City, he used to be a guy that, you know, whenever his boss threw him on the schedule, he'd work. He, he didn't guard Sabbaths. Um, and then he said, just the time that we spent in Ezra and Nehemiah and seeing the emphasis that God has in calling his people into worship him and taking a step out of the ordinary realm, um, the, the natural sort of uh, the, the mundane parts of life, which I think when we look through the gospel lens, uh, we see that those, those what air quotes are mundane really have a lot of purpose and value. Um, but seeing that he had, he needed to make a change and, and to guard the Sabbath and, and to put up, you know, con- go communicate to his boss, listen, Saturdays I, I devote to the Lord and to my family. Um, and he made a pretty significant change. And, and with that comes, you know, obviously there's, there's a financial impact with that, making a decision that, you know, cause if you work, obviously you work seven days a week compared to six days a week, you're, you're not making as much money, but in order to be faithful to God. And he said, and I asked him like, what caused that? What was, what prompted that significant change? And he said, to be honest, it was just sitting and listening to the preaching of the word. It was, it was listening to God speak to me through the book of Ezra and Nehemiah. And sometimes we, we underestimate what God can do in a Sunday or over uh, months and months of Sundays um, through the preaching of the word and how he's refining us and, and sanctifying us. And then, um, of course, I, what I think is the apex of the gathering is is getting to commune with the Lord at his table. And I, I this is something that every week I, I'm, I'm thinking, I need to say more about this because it's not just a little chunk of bread and a sip of wine or juice or whatever. It's it's not just that. It's just not going through the communion line. It's like we get to sup with the God who created us. We get to share the table, and that speaks of the reconciliation that we have, the forgiveness of sins that we have in Christ, and it, and it, it really is an invitation to come and commune with God and to and with one another. And this is one of the reasons why in the New Testament there is this uh, command that, that before you go to the altar— um, make sure you're reconciled with your brother. Make sure you have things sorted out because this is a, a meal of peace and unity because we have peace through the blood of Christ. And so this is, all, all of this is like high up there, you know, you're getting to, to some, the, the theoretical or maybe the, the, the philosophy behind some of the things that we do, but these things have a profound impact on us week to week, day to day. And there, this is what contributes to the specialness of Sunday gatherings, that and the fellowship, the time that we get before and after church with one another, uh, I love seeing families kind of connect, kids run around. It's great. Um, I, I love all that. And, and, and it's part of the sacredness of Sunday mornings. It's part of God's kindness towards us in Sundays. But I, I think that it's, if this, this Sunday's gathering is so special, um, if it's something where 
we get to actually not not just hope the Lord shows up, but we anticipate His presence because we have the promise wherever two or three are gathered in His name, there He is. Um, we can anticipate the sacredness, the specialness, the 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 set apartness of this moment, and acknowledge for what it is that it, it is a special moment of our week. For me, it's it's the highlight of my week, and it's not just because I get to go up there and preach and do what I love to do, but it's all of those things together. It's just like a, a fresh wash of of God's kindness and love and mercy towards His people. Um, instruction on how to live righteously before God and with one another. All this stuff is just so glorious, magnificent, so special. And as I've been thinking about the specialness of Sundays, and this is something that's been developing over the last couple of years, I came to this realization is if I, you know, if we treat special occasions, like think like of a wedding, for example, a wedding is a special occasion. I'm um, seeing a man and woman joined together in holy matrimony before God and before uh, their their friends and family, making a covenant to one another, no matter through thick and thin, uh, for better, for worse, richer, or poor, sickness and health. Like it's a glorious thing, and of course, there's there's a celebration that comes after it. Well, here, here's the thing about Sunday gatherings: it's it's kind of like a mini wedding every week, right? Uh, it, it's it's a covenant renewal. It's like a, a glorious wedding uh, anniversary celebration with a reception that is the Lord's table. And so what we have going on is, is special. I would liken it to a wedding or an anniversary celebration. And if we go to a, like a wedding or an anniversary celebration, one of the things that we do in preparation to acknowledge the specialness of the event is that we're going to present ourselves in a certain way. We are going to get dressed up. We're going to make sure our hair's done. We're going to look put together more so than any other average day of the week or more than more than what you would wear to go to work or even to hang out, uh, do a date night or um, hang out with friends or go grocery shopping or whatever it is, there's a little more emphasis placed on on this event and, and the specialness is reflected in the way that we dress. And so this got me thinking. A couple of years ago, I made an intentional decision to change the way that I dressed on Sunday mornings. And, and I've, I don't think I've ever talked about this. I may, I may have made comments here and there about it and joked about it, about why I've done it. Um, but it, it was really this intentional shift of, of me as an act of preparation for worship, realizing I'm going into a special event and I want to prepare myself both internally and externally for this. And so I moved away from wearing sort of my my everyday attire. I'd get up there. I used to, back in the old days, uh, I'd get up there in my skate shoes my everyday jeans, you know, I got, I got a, a button up shirt, but it's untucked. I kind of look like that cool hip. Pa- and, and maybe that was kind of like what I started out thinking like, Hey, uh, I'll be the cool hip pastor. I'll, I'll, I'll look cool. I'll look, I'll look fresh. And I, I'm like, well, when I do that, what am I doing? Like, am I, am I trying to, am I trying to please man here? Am I trying to, to get, you know, and, and this sounds kind of corny and I get it. You're going to hear this and some people are going to bristle at this and be like, oh my gosh, you're talking about clothes that you wear to church. What are we, a bunch of legalists now? No, that's not it. And, and I'll provide some clarification on that here in a minute. But but I went from going for more of this informal type of dress. Now I'm I'm wearing a dress shirt every week. I, I'm trying to, to look nice. I'm wearing a, a blazer, a sport coat. I want to look put together I, I, and not just because I want to look good on camera and the live stream, but I'm, uh, it's an active preparation of my, my heart and my body for the event that we get to participate in on the Lord's day. And, and I've, I've been thinking about this and I've, you know, I've stuck with it here for a while and 
And I, I got thinking about, you know, like what, what if, you know, bringing this and sharing it with you to think about what would it look like to be more prepared for Sunday morning worship? I think it's so easy to kind of just rush into church. You know, it, you had to pack up the kids, you had to scramble to make sure everybody got fed, all the stuff. Um, if you had an argument on the way over to church and you got to kind of cool off and, and you get into your pew and you're a little bit frantic. And, and I think a lot of times it comes now, not all the times, but it, it can come from a, a lack of preparedness, um, of mentally, of, of just sort of cognitively thinking, I am preparing myself to worship the living God. And so I, I just want to throw this out there and say, may, may, are there things that you could be doing to better prepare yourself? This reflect in the attitude and presentation of coming into um, Sunday worship together as the church. Now, what I'm not saying here is that we now have a dress code, okay? That's not at all where I'm going. I, I, there's nobody that we're going to turn away if they show up in sweatpants and a baggy sweatshirt. I'm not going to turn them away. We're not doing that. But I'm just inviting you to think more intentionally about how am I preparing myself for worship that's both internal and external. Um, if I think of church as a special event, as something that that is actually um, unique to the rest of my week, where I get to commune with the Lord and my brothers and sisters in Christ, which doesn't happen every day, how can I prepare myself for that? And, and for me, this this intentional shift of, of even just how I present myself has been a way of of um, preparing my heart and my body for, for worship. In fact, I have sort of this whole Sunday morning liturgy that I go through that sounds, again, it is, some of you is going to go, oh my goodness, you're saying, roll your, my, your eyes at me. This sounds so legalistic. Again, we're not after a dress code. We don't have a checkbox that you got to hit all the, the markers uh, to walk through the door. Again, I'm just saying, what can we do to better prepare ourselves for worship? And some things that I say, I've said many times before, is that um, preparation for Sunday mornings begins on Saturday night. Um, and I do this as a grown man. Most Saturdays, I'm laying out my clothes in advance so I don't have to think about, okay, what's going on here? And, and you know, have to kind of like, well, that doesn't fit right or that doesn't look good or, you know, whatever. And half the time I'm getting dressed in the dark anyway. But, um it's, it's a way of, of thinking ahead. So Saturday nights being a way to prepare my heart, the way that we pray as a family before Sunday gathering or before uh, our, we go to bed on Saturday night is informed by the fact that we are preparing our hearts to worship. And I think this extends even into some of the logistics, thinking about, okay, what time do we need to leave? The, like, what is the, time, the latest time that we can leave our house and still give us plenty of margin here to get to church at a good time, to get kids checked in, to make sure that we're being hospitable to newcomers, to say hi to our friends at church, to sit down in the pew, to take a couple deep breaths, prepare our hearts, deep breaths, you know, and and, and pray to the Lord and, and ask Him to, to do a work in our hearts this morning. Um, and I think that even goes far as thinking ahead about, okay, what are we going to do for breakfast? What are the kids going to wear? Um, things of that nature that are relatively simple things that help us prepare, but then even preparing our, our mind and, our, and the way that we present ourselves on Sunday morning, because it is, in fact, a special thing. And, and that's one thing that, that I probably don't emphasize enough. What goes on on Sundays is so special. Um, and it's not because we have this special concoction. We're, we're, we're following the pattern that we see in Scripture as far as liturgy, singing hymns, songs, uh, spiritual songs, um, where we are, uh, we are 
confessing our sins. We're receiving forgiveness from God. We're professing our faith. We're sitting under preaching the teaching of God's word. We're being sent out with the benediction as missionaries back into the world uh, and to live like missionaries for the next six days till we come back again. And so these are all things that God does to form us, to shape us, and, and to even what, to what I said earlier, is like to change people, whether it's little by little, or, or in some cases, it's a drastic change and, and how we prepare ourselves, how uh, will influence how receptive we are to the spirit and the work um, that God is doing. Um, and so I, that's one of my hopes is is that um, that everything that goes on on Sunday morning would help you. Um, and I think it's easier um, to be receptive to those things uh, and help you along in your spiritual journey uh, in following Christ. And, and these things, I think, are, are conducive to that. So I just wanted to take time, this first one here, talking about church etiquette and the way that we present ourselves on Sunday mornings, to think a little bit about that a little bit more, um, how we prepare ourselves and can enter into that time together. And so um, as we prepare for another uh, covenant renewal on Sunday morning, I hope that you give these some thoughts, you know, uh, and and it would help you um, in, in preparing your heart, your mind, your body for worshiping and encountering the living God here with your church family. Until I see you on Sunday morning, I pray the Lord blesses you and keeps you in his care. And I am looking forward to worship with you, uh, with, with you as always on Sunday morning. God bless you. I'll see you Sunday.